Magneto Funky, number 41. It's Monday, October 9th, 2017. Hey, Larry here, in the pursuit of grid power to the people. This week, it's time for another situation report, plus more lab notes on Sunstone 5.0. The music is more fresh indie tunes found at Reverb Nation and the Free Music Archive. Inequalis, a post-rock experimental techno duo based in Bridport, Dorset, in the UK. Uh, from the album Forget These Postures, released in August when the band was previously known as Greater Than or Equal To. Okay, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, weekly international pod zine of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics, with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod pages are 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and facebook.com slash 1223studios. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay. In grid theory... Uh, we're still in the deep weeds searching for more rules of thumb for the common analog components. That's resistors, capacitors, diodes, inductors, and transistors. And the common combinations thereof. And why devices work in millivolts instead of volts, milliamps, and microfarads instead of farads. Well, for example, I finally found at How Stuff Works a reference for capacitance. Take the average 1.5 volt AA alkaline battery with, say, 2.8 amp hours. If you wanted to store that battery's entire energy in a single capacitor, it'd have to be 10 to 15,000 farads big. Now, it's only been within the past two years that anybody's even made and displayed ones that big, like a 10,000 farad cap rated at 2.3 volts. 
we use microfarads in circuits. And, you know, I consider a thousand microfarads or one farad to be a super cow. But, hey, from that, at least I got a frame of reference. And because I'm looking at the different component combos, now I can shift my focus a bit toward IC chips, which, after all, are just pre-wired component combos shrunk down and ready to go in a block diagram. So yeah, added perspective means another sit rep with an extra incentive thanks to the climate chaos. Yeah, last week we got hit with another grid down just in the area around my intersection. And this time it was a level two. Took about 40, 45 minutes. And it was damn frustrating, but still that's orders of magnitude away from the disaster areas in Puerto Rico, which the corporate state media has gotten bored with already, and nobody's saying shit about the U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, anyway, uh, once I was back up, I checked the PG&E website and found, for one thing, that just this intersection is part of a specific zone on a map for rolling brownouts in case of extreme conditions. So yeah, I'm in block number eight. And another page on the site has an apparently real-time outage map. And sure enough, the general neighborhood had a hazy yellow tint. And other parts of the city had deeper yellow and orange shades, showing reports of real-time outages. Now, before I checked that, I joked with some of the other residents in my building that if we're going to be getting occasional grid downs like this, like once a month, that means we're in a yellow zone with a compromised and stressed infrastructure, which is no better than so-called third world power grid conditions. But anyway, on the map, I pulled it back to show the whole Bay Area. And damn near every city was in shades of yellow or orange. Now, I pulled back to show the whole country, and the only other spots I saw were some yellow in Elk Grove Village, a suburb west of Chicago, and the Flatbush Crown Heights area of Brooklyn. And, you know, there was, on the West Coast, some yellow in L.A., some in Portland, and some in Seattle. So... I don't know if the Bay Area grid, or a matter of fact, the whole Pacific grid, is extra driven or if it's extra fragile. But either way, that just gives me even more incentive to evolve my grid. Like, instead of just making demo circuits or working on a pulse motor first, it's got me thinking about building a flashlight using a couple of my AA sunstones. Okay, uh, we're coming back with updates on Sunstones 4.0, 4.5, and 5.0. All right, back to the stage. Continuing with a quartet of fresh tunes from bands in Puerto Rico, which is one of the few things I can do to lend support. And even though I will still send out pod play notices to the bands, 
I don't expect any quick replies from these folks because they got much more shit to deal with than my little ass show. But anyway, we open with Go, the title cut from the 2013 EP by Calavera Incorporated, a Latin rock punk four-piece in San Juan, led by Monica Santa, who's the singer of both Calavera Inc. and the Kamikaze Band. And it's followed by Catarata by La Futura Prole, a gypsy jazz polka surf band in San Juan, from the album Natalicio, released on September the 6th.
Okay, next up, we have some alternative experimental post-rock, Gebra Part 3, from Jota de Vega, also in San Juan, uh, from the album Piero, and his outfit, Todos Animales. Then we wrap the set with Extraño by Sintonia Retro, a rock progressive indie band also in San Juan, uh, formed in 007 with the goal of bringing a modernized rock and roll to the 21st century. Oh, by the way, the band members all met at the University of Puerto Rico Recinto Rio Piedras.
triste por querer Arde mi fuego Calienta los humares Por décima vez O oh, tal vez Se caen los efectos Se juntan los humares por última vez Today is the ninth, but instead of thinking up more ways to insult the piss tape pineapple Pinochet, I'm throwing my full support behind the complete liberation of Bariqua. Cause since the U.S. treats them like a damn Indian reservation, like that's some damn improvement, they deserve full independence, especially now. And how come the U.S. Virgin Islands got no interest at all from the bored corporate state media? 
Anyway, it's getting late, and we burn in daylight, so let's just run the dates. Okay, today, October 9th, is Indigenous Peoples Day. It's also Leif Erikson Day and World Post Day. Uh, the 10th is World Mental Health Day. And also on the 10th, it's Thelonious Monk's 100th birthday. And in science news, in 1899, the black inventor Isaac R. Johnson was awarded a patent, old number 634823, for a type of bicycle frame which could be separated or folded to store in the trunk of a car or other small places. Hmm. Oh, and also, in 1846... Neptune's moon Triton was discovered by William Lasso while he was observing the newly discovered planet Neptune. Okay, let's see. The 11th is the last day of Sukkot. It's International Day of the Girl Child and also World Day for Natural Disaster Reduction. And it's also, uh, we got a nice big event. Litquake is currently happening in the Bay. And it's got multiple events going on in all three cities and much more in the Bay. Uh, but one I'm going to focus on in particular, uh, happening at Moed, the Museum of the African Diaspora. Uh, poet Sonia Sanchez makes a rare appearance on Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, along with other Bay Area contributors to of Poetry and Protest, from Emmett Till to Trayvon Martin. Now, that's going to be including C.S. Giscom, uh, Devorah Major, Al Young, and the anthology's poetry editor, Michael War. Uh, poems will be recited, books will be signed, and stories will be told. And seating is extremely limited because I believe the event is sold out. Okay, October the 12th is World Sight Day, and the 13th is the Navy's birthday. Hey. Uh, the 15th is White Cane Safety Day and the International Day of Rural Women. And also on the 15th, in 1783, Frenchman Jean Pilatre de Rosier, 1754-1785, made a tethered balloon ascent in the gardens of La Mouette. The Montgolfier-made balloon, Aerostat Revillon, carrying Pilatre, the first man to leave the earth rose to the end of its 250-foot tether, where it stayed aloft for about 15 minutes, then landed safely. Uh, on the 21st of November in 83, he untethered, made the first man-free flight across Paris with his co-pilot, Marquis de Londres. Now, he died in 1785, right? Okay, so on June 15th, 1785... Pilatra attempted the first east-to-west crossing of the English Channel with a hybrid balloon combining lift from both hydrogen and hot air. Within minutes of launch, the craft exploded and plunged to the rocks on the coast of Wimereau, and neither Pilatre nor his co-pilot, a guy named Roman, survived the crash. Oh, uh, we got one more thing. On the Facebook page, I got band pluggers up to check out from Fleshtone Records, Jamie Lynn Fletcher, and the band Shinobi Ninja. Hey, 
If you got promos, pluggers, gig info, and art opening, etc., send me an email. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com and bands, artists, and poets, download links, no attachments, please, and no promises. Transfer complete. Okay, in grid practice, I'm making good progress on the sunstones. Uh, the 4.0, I'm done with now, and it's holding at 1.25 volts. Uh, the 4.5s gave me one fail. Yeah, it's still below 300 millivolts. And one 1.5 volt AA. And the 5.0 cells with the precise electrolyte mix, so far it's all A's. I mean, number one, I'm getting 660 millivolts, and numbers two and three, they're giving me 760 and 730 millivolts, giving me another double A. And it seems shorting them for at least 12 to 24 hours and letting them rest for at least 12 to 24 hours after really does condition these things. So, like I said, now I got a pair of double A's, and I'm confident I can make more of these now. But after the show, I have one more design experiment. Because I still don't know the amp hours for these cells, I'm going to try doubling it anyway by stacking two of the hex nuts and using the same size 2-inch uh, aluminum and copper electrodes. Now, the extra crystal electrolyte mix is not going to double the voltage to 1.2. I don't expect more than, say, 850 millivolts from a single one of these doubled up, but we'll see. Uh, at any rate, this one will be version 5X. And anyway, after I test it, then I'll see about uh, making a 6 volt and then a 12 volt unit out of these cells, because now I think I'm ready to go ahead and do that. Meanwhile, as well as the articles and forums I've been going through, the videos are a big help. Well, like the EEV blog series by Dave Jones uh, down in Australia, his number 102, the DIY constant current dummy load for a power supply, which is something I didn't know I needed, but now I want to build one. Uh, number 742, why electrolytic capacitors are connected in parallel, which help break down what you're doing with them and how to tune them. And number 708, free energy over unity bullshit. <laughs> in the course of debunking a bogus free energy device, he broke down a few important do's and don'ts in building a circuit and doing back-of-the-envelope math to nail down the inductance and capacitance to match the voltage and current. Real nice. And uh, the site Talking Electronics has many free ebooks on IC chips 
and transistors and there's a lot to read through and I'm gonna have to get back to it before I start building any more circuits and winding wire like a fool okay for one more tune we close out with another fresh pick from the UK drones by psychedelic pedestrian a band who's been producing breakbeat and jungle music since 1994 uh, this tune comes from the fourth collection of best bites cuts from a decade of beats released by the label Toucan Music.
Well, okay. Hey, Magneto Funky is a 1223 Studios joint. Show files are at iTunes, Internet Archive, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Mixcloud. Episode notes are on the pod pages. I was getting MP3 streaming on the Facebook. They ain't streaming now. Now it's just going to the page links. Hey, if you like the show, please drop a review or rating at iTunes or the Facebook. Show themes, Rocket Power, and Spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for a Monday, October 16th. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we go through, not into, the darkness.